Branding Democrats, a podcast to help Democrats start winning before it's too late. By Ken Weber, Daryl Weber, hosted by Gabriella Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Branding Democrats podcast. I'm Gabriella Martin, and as always, I'm joined here with branding specialists Ken Weber and Daryl Weber. So today's episode, we will be focusing on what can be best described as Republican chaos. If you've been paying any attention to the news lately or been paying attention at all, you would know that Republicans have been untamed and untruthful, dare I say, per usual. The worst of this is, as seen with Trump's town hall, some of the MAGA fans love him more for it. In the past few weeks especially, Republicans have demonstrated what their party stands for. To name a few highlights, Trump has been found liable for sexual assault. George Santos has been charged with fraud and lying in a 13-count indictment. 43 Senate Republicans vowed to oppose the debt ceiling and increase spending cuts, effectively holding the American economy hostage. The list goes on and on and on. So, Ken and Daryl, I would like to start with the first point and discuss a little bit about Trump's liability for sexual assault and what this means for his presidential nomination and for the party. Yeah, well, we were talking about, you know, what's the unifying theme of the things that have happened um, as we were recording this just in the last few days. And it's just a major lack of morality from the party of family values. I, the whole edifice, the whole uh, foundation of their party five, 10, 20 years ago was family values. It's completely crumbled under Trump. We should be attacking them for that and making that point clear. Uh, and right, you know, most people, you said, if you've been t- paying any attention to politics, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are not paying any attention to politics. And even such big scandals like these are going to get forgotten down the memory hole, as people are saying now, uh, probably within a week, right? Like, unless Democrats are out there pushing the narrative, and it should not just be reminding them of what these are. I think it should be laddered up to some bigger idea that, like that one, they say they're about family values, but they're really not. Or the overall idea, like you said, Gabby, that this is just more chaos from Republicans, that the debt ceiling that they are trying to push the country into defaulting uh, all these lies, sexual assault, fraud, uh, yeah, unearthing family values. Like these are all ladders up to just a bigger idea of Republican immorality and chaos with them in charge. And, and to highlight, because this is about branding, highlight the long-term difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. I was reminded, because I'm older than you guys, I remember this, Howard Dean uh, was running for president. He was the front runner. And do you guys know what knocked him out of the race? He was in front of a crowd. I do. And he had the microphone right in front. And they were cheering and he had the microphone right up to his mouth. And he went, hee-haw. And it was, he screamed. And that was enough to knock him from the perch of being the Democratic front runner. And now we have the Republican front runner who has just been, we can't say convicted, but found liable in a civil case for sexual abuse. And as of... The latest polls, he is still far and away 
the, the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. How sick is that? How sick is that? What's really terrifying to me as well about this is that regardless of what Trump or others are convicted of from the Republican Party, their supporters will not back down and they're aligning themselves with being, quote unquote, immoral, breaking the law. They're so bad because it stands for a sense of like rebellion that maybe they cherish. I I don't know how to dissect the psychology of a MAGA supporter, but I think it's pretty important that we understand because it's a growing portion of the population. And these are voters who have an impact. Yeah, I think you're right to put ourselves in their shoes and understand why are they still backing this and why are they believing what they believe? I think a lot of psychologists are, have been talking about this and trying to figure it out. Uh, to me, there is like a, an identity part of it. Like once you're on that team, it's your team and you filter out all the other information. Uh, this is a something from cognitive psychology where anything that doesn't fit your current worldview and how, how you see yourself, it tends to get filtered out. Uh, it's a human evolution, natural trait. Uh, and I feel like that's what's happening there. Um, and there's a lot more going on to it also. Um, but if we saw the CNN town hall, right, you have all these people sort of cheering. I didn't actually watch it, but <laughs> from what I'm hearing in the highlights, people are cheering. Uh, they're laughing about the sexual assault allegations, right? They believe that they're on the right side of history, that they're doing the right thing, and that he's being unfairly attacked. And no factual claims that argue against that can break through to them because they are fully have that up. I saw a comedian who was, he's from The Daily Show, I forget his name. Um, he does interviews with a lot of these MAGA people, and he was talking to one. Jordan Clapper. Yes. Jordan Clapper, yeah. Uh, right, he's talking to some MAGA supporters, and he had some kind of proof that he, he was hitting people on. And finally, the woman just said, well, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like she kept kind of defending Trump, defending him, finding a way out of it. And finally, when it was, there was no other defense, he, she just said, yeah, I don't care. I'm still going to support him. And that's what it is. The facts don't matter. She didn't care about the facts. It's going to be, I'm still supporting him. And this is where long-term branding comes in. Because um, every human being, those of us who think we're rational, and I guess that's everybody, sadly, uh, we're all subject to emotions. And once we have our mind set, um, our team is right, your team is wrong, um, you know, we have to, th th that's what's going to be. And that's why we, in this broadcast, in this podcast, have talked about we want to get to the young people, the, the newly um, eligible voters, 18, 20, 22, 24, who haven't been set yet on, on a red or blue team. And as we've said many times in this podcast, one or two percent makes the difference. One or two percent would have changed the uh, last presidential election, would have changed the House, is going to change the Senate. And so that's what we're focusing on with long-term branding. It's the party, not the person. It's the party, not the person. It's the party, not the person. Joe Biden is old. He stumbles. He, he hesitates but he represents the values of the Democratic Party. And for most young people, those are your values. And this is, I think there's actually a watch out on the other side with this, where you see, well, George Santos is a bad, a bad apple or Trump was crazy. But once we get rid of those, then they think, well, now we have a regular person. It's acceptable. We need to brand them as a party and say, these are what they stand for. It doesn't matter which person you get. Trump will be out of office eventually. George Santos will go away eventually at some point. But we need to say whoever it is, 
these are the things they stand for, and this is why they're not good for America and why we should be disagreeing with them. Don't get stuck into that trap of just because this one person's bad, I'm not going to vote for him, but it's make it about the party overall. Right, right. Thank you, Ken, for cementing the message, um, party over person. It's so important, especially for that younger demographic. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Daryl sent us an interesting article the other day about Gen Z and how they might not be as progressive as people think they are. And I think the way that we can change the MAGA sentiment is these people who align with Trump and Santos and all these people, they, they're almost like dissenters. They enjoy being different. They enjoy being a quote-unquote nonconformist. And we don't want the younger people to think that that's a cool thing. And it's good to, oh, I want to align with the businessman. I don't want to be with the politician who's boring and old. How do we change that mentality so that we don't get a, a newer, younger wave of voters also thinking this way? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I, I know some Republicans who I think are that way, or especially people who call themselves libertarians, because I think they like to think I'm not the mainstream. I didn't pick one of these big teams. I'm more independent thinking for myself. And so I'm going to be this other thing, right? And I don't want to just buy into whatever this team is telling me to be on. And I get that. People want to think they're independent thinkers and not just follow and be a sheep. Uh, so I think it, you know, can we, this is what it comes back to and what we talk about in the book of saying, these are what Democrats stand for. These are our values, caring for people, helping people, caring for the environment, worried about healthcare, caring about education. Uh, it's gun control. So gun control. Yeah, of course. Like if you make it about those values and then say, if you care about those values, then you should be with this party. But you make that decision on yourself. Here are the things we care about. Do those align with you? We know they do align with a lot of especially younger people. Uh, don't say join my team and follow what I'm saying blindly. Say these are the things we care about. These are also things you care about, right? Can we agree on these things and show them that the Republicans probably don't have their interests in mind and are on the opposite end of, of most of these things? I think that while people desire to be independent thinkers, there's also an innate desire to be a good person. And if we emphasize, Daryl, last episode, you made a point to say that Democrats stand for empathy. If we emphasize that when appealing to younger voters, I think it would do Democrats really well, especially when it comes to issues like gun control, which is affecting their lives, their friends' life. Maybe they know someone who has been in a school shooting and has been affected. But I think we definitely need to hammer in what we stand for in our values. To segue just a little bit, I, I want to continue with the Republican chaos. It's been too much. We need to cover it. We need to brand them for what they are. What are your guys' opinions with all this news of George Santos coming to light? You know, not everybody needs to talk about George Santos, but for Daryl and Ken, this is personal. There are 435 members of Congress. He's our guy. We had a one in 435 ch shot chance of having anybody else. <laughs> we got George freaking Santos. I did a TikTok. He, I call him, I'm probably not the first, the Lion King. I mean, his resume is like 100% fabricated. And they're not pushing him out. I mean, there's a whole history of Democrats pushing out uh, solid people for far, far less. 
he's representing us and we have no representation, Daryl and I, because he's on no committees. He's basically just taking up space and looking at himself and what does he wear? Those, those sweater things that he wears. Yeah, it's too many layers uh, out always. Too many layers um, and too many names too. He's got a whole bunch of names and aliases. He's a weird, weird guy. And yeah, some of the Republican locally are trying to push him out, the Republican Party. But um, that's self-interest too, because they know they're in a blue state and they're vulnerable. That's, they're not put, pushing him out because uh, of their morality. They're, pushing, they're trying to push him out for practical reasons. But uh, where's the leadership of the Republican Party to say, this guy is obviously, it, it doesn't need a jury. It is obvious. He is a psychological, pathological, that's the right word, pathological <laughs> liar. And he's not stopping. And it doesn't stop from day to day. Yeah. Pathological liar, con man, a fraud. It's so obvious. Everyone knows it. Everything from big lies to little lies, right? Uh, about his mom in 9-11 or the volleyball team at Baruch. Like none of it is true. Uh, and yet Kevin McCarthy needs his vote. And so he's putting, you know, the party above morality and saying we need to keep him and he's backing him still. It seems like eventually if he gets convicted, it, you know, maybe something could happen, but it seems like they're going as far as possible. And this is, again, what we should be calling them out for, that they don't care about the morality of it. They don't care about doing the right thing. They're just going to try to back someone who's obviously a con man. And I think a lot of criticism from people about politics as a whole is that it's corrupt. People only care about votes. They don't really care about the people, what's going on. And this is a direct example of that. There's no care of what's best for the American people here. It's a, a power game, um, 100%. And today, I really wanted to hit one topic that I think is going to have potentially devastating consequences for our economy. And the Republican Party, again, is to blame. The debt ceiling. What are your guys' opinions of McCarthy and Biden's sort of showdown with increasing the debt limit? Well, I'll just say that I want them to use the image of a knife to the throat of America because that's what it is. I mean, the worst projections, if we go through the debt ceiling and, you know, America, America goes into default, is massive problems, massive problems. And it, it can't happen. And we have to pound into America's consciousness. They lifted the debt ceiling three times under Donald Trump without a word. And they, they sent the deficit spiraling. Uh, so, so this is all hypocrisy, 100% pure hypocrisy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that they only care about the deficit when a Democrat is in office, when they are uh, ending those tax cuts uh, for the wealthy. Um, or giving tax cuts to the wealthy. They don't care about the deficit at all. Uh, and yeah, they've raised it under Republicans before. So it's nonsense. They're trying to just make a show of it. It sounds reasonable. It says, oh, why won't you negotiate? They're saying, we're at the table. Why won't Biden negotiate? Which if you're not paying attention, again, I, I always come back to the people who are paying very little attention, uh, sounds reasonable, right? Like, oh yeah, why wouldn't Biden negotiate? But I think you're right. We have to paint them as almost terrorists. I've heard, you know, they're holding a gun to the head of the economy or holding a knife to the throat of it. And say that, that you don't negotiate like this with terrorists. You don't negotiate over bills you've already have to pay. This is not about, you know, raising m m uh, more debt. It's what we've already promised people. 
And then I think you have to make it real. Like cutting spending sounds good when you just have those two words. What does it yeah, mean? It sounds great. Right, right. Right. What does it actually mean? And what what do you exactly want to cut? And then they have nothing, right? They Nothing they want to cut is popular or anything they would want to cut would be popular and, and wouldn't have support. So they can't go into specifics. So we need to push them and say, these are popular programs that you don't want to cut. It's all a show. Yeah, they won't touch the military. They can't touch Social Security and Medicare. What are they going to cut? So they, they say 10% from the other programs. No, tell us specifically who gets hurt. I was just going to say that they're okay with cutting things when it has to do with education and healthcare and social services for people who really need it. But then the military, dare you touch the guns in the military? Sacrosanct. <laughs> and, and as my friend, Congressman Mark Pocan, constantly points out, there's no good audit of the Pentagon. They just spend and billions of dollars just disappear into the ether. I mean, you're worsening the, the wealth divide in America. Under Republican leadership, not only is there a larger wealth divide, but there's also a really big gap in quality of life because they will continually cut programs that affect lower middle class and middle class families. And again, this goes back to our bigger branding message of what Republicans stand for. Yeah. Well, by the way, I'll just say about the debt ceiling, Lawrence Tribe and others, uh, Alan Blinder from the uh, former Federal Reserve uh, person, they're talking about the 14th Amendment and they make a strong case. The Constitution says the president has to pay. It's a duty of the president to make sure the debt is unquestioned, that the good faith of the American economy uh, and our debts are unquestioned. You know, there's no other major country that has a debt ceiling. It's all artificial it's from 1917. And it just should be, I don't know why Biden is not making a case. Get rid of it. It serves no purpose. Every bill should be argued on its specific merits and not some artificially imposed debt ceiling. It makes no sense. We should recognize that this helps Republicans a lot in their branding of Democrats with, you know, they always say tax and spread, spend liberals and Democrats spend uncontrollably. Again, it, it's just a couple words, right? Democrats spend, and then they get to push this narrative by saying, look, they don't want to, uh, they want to raise the debt ceiling every time, trillions of dollars, uh, and they get to push it. And it reinforces it in people's minds that, right, Democrats are the one that spend. Republicans are being fiscally conservative or responsible here. Uh, but the truth is much more complicated and nuanced, of course, and nobody hears that nuance. Uh, but we need to reframe the conversation around what actually we're talking about, you know, what, what Ken just said about what the debt limit actually is, uh, what, how they can't actually cut any of this spending or they don't want to actually cut any of the spending. There's so much behind it, but they get away with just that couple words that really reinforce the framing and uh, it's successful for them. That's right. And it's, it is a branding issue. Uh, in one of my TikToks, you can find me as Branding Dems. Uh, I talk about a recent poll that shows still the majority of Americans, something like 56% in the poll, believe Republicans do better for the economy. And the statistics do not bear that out. So that's our branding problem. And it has been for decades. We have the actual facts on our side. And ironically, because I'm a late night television nut, I remember Donald Trump before he was a politician being interviewed by Letterman. And he said, you know, actually, um, he, he was neither Republican or Democrat back then. 
And he said, uh, yeah, the economy does better under Democrats. Where's that clip, Democrats? We should find it and post it. <laughs> Let, let's find that clip and send it to all of our local politicians and national politicians and make an ad. We still have well, some donors so we can have those Democrat ads um, and start our, our branding journey so we can accurately portray what's going on. Republicans do not care about you. Democrats fight for the people. And our, our motto for the party, yeah. Democrats fight for the people. And party, not the person. Party, not. Party, not the person. person. Yes. On that note, we will see you guys next week. And there's a lot more to say here. I would like to delve into a few of these topics and focus in. Ken and Daryl, thank you. The sad part is there's going to be new topics. Oh. <laughs> it's a fire hose of nonsense from the other side. But yeah, always. we'll do what we can. Well, thank you guys so much, and I will see you next week. You've just listened to the Branding Democrats podcast. If you want to learn more, tune in next week or read our book, Branding Democrats, available on Amazon.